Parenting Toolkit Podcast, equipping parents and caregivers with the tools that they need to set their children up for success. Brought to you by the Jessamine County Public Library. Hello, and welcome to JCPL's Parenting Toolkit Podcast. I'm your host, Kate Irwin, Children's Programming Coordinator here at JCPL. And joining me today is Julie Nielsen, who is with the National Institute for Learning Development. Welcome, Julie. Hi, how are you? I'm great, thanks for being here. So before we dive in and get started, I have an icebreaker question that I'd like to ask you, just start with and just kind of get everybody familiar with you. What is one talent or skill that you would love to be able to learn? You know, um, my husband and I just went for a hike at Red River Gorge a few week, weekends ago, and I heard all about rock climbing and that Red River Gorge is one of the national places for rock climbing. Wow. It's just like, you know, that would be so cool. I've done some rock climbing, but not a lot. It's like, I, w- I don't really know the ins and outs of it. It's like, I would like to learn more about that. I think that'd be pretty cool. You sound like you're pretty adventurous. That's awesome. (laughs) That's great. Well, Julie, tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got started with NILD. Well, NILD um, came after some research. Um, I was tutoring a little girl um, up in Lexington. And um, well, first of all, I was a homeschooling mom, sure. and so I taught my kids to read. And after my kids started going to public school, I found saying things to fill my time, and I started tutoring. And this one little girl, I just, I couldn't teach her the way I taught my children. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, what is, what's, what's wrong here? What's not, what's not working? And so I reached out to some people in the community, and I found NILD. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, this would be great. This would really help this young girl. Um, but the lady was not taking any uh, more students. Sure. And also at this time, I this all happened over a couple of years. Um, I was working at the high school okay. as a paraprofessional, uh, so kind of a teacher's aide in the history and science classes. And I was helping freshmen uh, with their homework. And I was seeing these smart kids who couldn't read. Mm. And so between my experience with the little girl I was tutoring and what I saw at the high school, I thought there's a real need for more. The school is doing a lot because I could see that. The kids had some skills, but no, they just didn't. It wasn't enough. Right. So I thought, well, I'm going to get this training. Well, that's great. That's great that you had that passion for what you were doing. That's really great, Julie. Well, so can you tell me a little bit more um, exactly what is educational advocacy and and why is it so important for the kids? Well, are you thinking of uh, educational advocacy or educational therapy? Well, either both, which, um, yeah, you speak to which the one that applies to you more. Well, I can do both. Mm -hmm. Um, What I do, what I received training for is educational therapy okay so I sit with kids three hours a week Mm -hmm. so that's an extra three hours a week learning phonics uh, playing math games uh, doing some skills if they're dyslexic we have to learn left and right Um, so that's educational therapy okay Uh, so that's what I do um, several hours a week very good very good Uh, 
And why is it so important for these kids to have that extra time one-on-one with a therapist in addition to just their regular schoolwork? Well, uh, one little boy I work with, um, he gets 30 minutes of special ed, and they do um, phonics with him, 30 minutes. They do some kind of stuff every day. But um, I don't think they're as consistent. Okay. Uh, when, when I see a child for a year, we do the same thing. Well, we build on it, but it stays consistent mm-hmm. uh, over the year. Sure. Whereas I think in the public school, I think they might do something for nine weeks and then something else for nine weeks. And the child who is struggling really needs more consistency. Okay, sure, that makes sense, yeah. Now, who do you think would benefit from educational therapy? What, what sort of a child, um, is there a certain profile or a certain child that stands out to you that would really benefit? Um, just, uh, well, I, I think of kids that get discouraged. Mm-hmm. You know, they just really, they want to succeed. One of the things that I have studied and learned from my own kids is um, they get discouraged because they don't know how to succeed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think any child, whether you see that um, they're smart, you know, they can make they can make things, or they can draw, or they have they can memorize things, but they can't read yeah. or they can't do math. It's just like uh, there's something that needs to be investigated because they ca- they want to succeed and. There should be a wide way to find it, and sometimes the schools just don't have enough resources. Right, yeah, that's great. Well, what signs, and I guess you kind of already touched on this a little bit, um, but are there any additional signs that might lead a parent to thinking that their child has a learning problem or a learning disorder? Um, yeah, well, if they've been taught well, if, um, if the mom and dad have sat down with them and they know that, well, I've taught them all the ABCs and I know they know all these things. I don't know why they can't pull it together. Mm-hmm. Well, there might be a problem. Um, so I wrote down some things. Let's see. They've had plenty of opportunity. You see that they're smart. You know, you've coached them. Dad's coached them. Uncle's coached them. And they're still not getting it. Sure. Um, and they're discouraged. Um then something's wrong because they want to, they want to succeed. Right. They, they want to, uh, to be happy, and, and, and the, you, they will be happier if they can succeed. Sure, and we really want to encourage and make, make learning a fun, positive experience for sure. Yeah. So if I feel like my child is struggling to learn and, and shows some of the, the um, symptoms or the signs that you were talking about, um, just struggling to read or struggling with math, um, what are some steps that I can take or what is something that I can do to um, get the process of educational therapy started for my child? Well, you probably, um, well, you could ask around, ask what your, what the teacher notices, um, you know, what uh, our Sunday school teachers notice or different things and kind of, you kind of had to figure out where the weakness is. Um, if you have a hard time figuring it out, you can take them to, well, the best person to take them to is a neuropsychologist. Okay. Um, but you, the schools can also test them, mm-hmm. and sometimes the schools will notice it, and the schools will already start the testing process. Okay. Um, the schools have a program at what they call RTI, and with RTI, if a teacher notices a problem, he'll they will start giving some extra training mm-hmm. you know, on three different levels, um, and 
So they'll do it for nine weeks and say, well, let's try more phonics or more smaller words or something, and let's see if that helps him. Um, and then they go to a deeper level. Oh, I think he needs a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And then they do even a more, uh, then they can do go to a third level. And then they, um, then they consider putting him in special ed or her in special ed. Okay. Um, so th the school is a resource, but sometimes um, in my experience and what I've seen that the schools don't always do a complete test. Okay. Or they, they are not trained in dyslexia. Um, they'll notice some things. Uh, one little boy that I know of, he uh, was diagnosed with uh, some learning disabilities, but they missed the ADHD. Okay. And so mom took him to, I wanted a second opinion. She took him in, she took him in to a neuropsychologist. They, he found the ADHD which explained a whole lot. Right. Uh, because if you can't focus, you can't learn. Right, sure. So it sounds like the schools and the parents will really work hand in hand mm -hmm. to discover um, at least the signs or the first steps of, of getting the educational therapy together. Yes. Um, mm -hmm. So what would you say to a parent um, who doesn't necessarily have the vocabulary, doesn't really know um, how to approach the school, uh, What how would they go about doing that? Would they okay. see their school counselor? Would they see their their child's teacher? Um, how would how would you start that process? Probably both. Okay. Um, probably both. Uh, parents might want to know about the. Um, it's called Individuals for Disabilities Education Act. Okay. So, um, and all the uh, counsel school counselors and teachers know about this. Sure. But it explains. Um, parents' rights and what they can ask for testing. Because uh, part of what I do is people, I work with kids that fall through the cracks. Because mm -hmm. schools will um, notice the most obvious kids. Right. Uh, but there's some kids that aren't so obvious and they will fall through the cracks. Um, or, or the school will say, well, we, we did the best we could and we just couldn't get him to read, mm -hmm. you know. Um, when I worked at the high school, the kids were reading, high school students were reading on the third grade level. You know, and I know they've been through a special ed program. Mm -hmm. They had what the school had to offer, sure. but um, I could see that they were smart and they needed more. Sure. What are the average age of the students that you work with? Are they elementary students or do they tend to be middle and high school students? Um, I have a student now who's 15 and I have a student now who's, he'll be 11. Okay. So, um, it, I, um, it depends on when they catch it, when parents, uh, and I'm new to this too, so I've, I've, this is my third year doing NILD. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm, I hope to get younger kids because if you catch it younger, there's a lot more, it's a lot easier and there's more progress and the sure. numbers, if you can get them before eight, um, it's a lot easier. Sure, that makes a lot of sense, yeah. Well, Julie, if I'm if I have this information and this sounds like it might be, you know, hitting a chord with me that, um, you know, my child might be having some troubles. What are my next steps? I know we talked about going to your school teacher, mm -hmm. um, the school counselor. Could someone contact um, a person, uh, a specialist with the NILD directly? Um, or is there usually a screening process that happens first? Um, there is some screening. I, you know, I could sit down and consult with somebody and um, ask, you know, share what my insights are, sure. you know. Um, 
it would probably be best to get some kind of written document from the school, okay. uh, what they see. If they say, oh, I don't see anything, they're fine. Um, because I, th that does happen. Sure. <laughs> My daughter uh, struggled in school with spelling, and they kept saying, oh, she'll outgrow it. Oh, she'll outgrow it. But um, it became a self-esteem issue, and mm -hmm. she really struggled later as she went through school. Um, so, um, but the school can uh, be a good place to start. Sure, okay. Um, and then there's, um, you could talk to your pediatrician um, or a psychologist. Okay. A lot of times kids with learning disabilities will have anxiety. Okay. Uh, because they don't, because they want to succeed and they don't know how and then they get anxious. Um, so um, even a psychologist could maybe help uh, get the process going. Okay. Great, great points, thank you. Well, Julie, do you have any final thoughts or maybe a, a main, main idea that you'd like to leave our listeners with um, to encourage them or to give them some, um, some tools that they can take from this to take the next steps? We d haven't really touched on being an uh, educational advocate mm -hmm. because they're um, using the idea, the um, uh, individual uh, for dis individuals with disabilities Education Act, um, it, it spells out what uh, the law is okay. and what schools need to do. Mm -hmm. um, they can give accommodations. They can say, okay, uh, this child is struggling. Make sure it's the child sits next to the teacher okay. where they can see and hear. Uh, give them extra time on the test. Mm -hmm. um, you can eat the, the uh, accommodation could even be provide someone to read for them. Okay. Um, so there's, uh, you can, knowing the uh, Education Act, the uh, uh, Individuals with Disabilities the Education Act, you can help explain, that can explain what you're entitled to okay. and what, um, you know, you can do and talk to them about and say, well, I want them tested and then I, if we come back with anything, I want the accommodations. Mm -hmm. And schools are good. They, they really try to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, they make an effort, but some kids fall through the cracks sure. and if mom or dad are f having a gut feeling that you know something's being overlooked um you know go with your gut and and look into it um but i i also there's a an educational advocate uh, we can be educational advocates my dad struggled to learn mm -hmm. and i'm sure he has adhd if not other learning disabilities <laughs> but um he, when he was in third grade, he was struggling, and he was telling me how Mrs. Isham took him aside and spent extra time with him, mm -hmm. you know. Um, and uh, my little friend uh, who was struggling to read, and uh, mom was an advocate. She reached out in the community. She, the, the Carnegie Literacy Center sure. in, in Lexington does tutoring. So uh, this little girl went to the Literacy Center for a while, um, and she was still struggling. Um, mom advocated and found something online, and they did a program online. It still wasn't helping. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and now the little girl comes to me. Um, but so we can be advocates, um, and if the school, because the school only has so many resources, sure, and uh, we can uh, recognize our child's potential and help them successful like you said trust your gut as a parent that's great yeah well thank you so much Julie for sharing your expertise with us and introducing our listeners to these strategies and um, I'm sure they're gonna be very helpful to a lot of families 
Well, that's it for this episode of JCPL's Parenting Toolkit. This has been your host, Kate Irwin, with my guest, Julie Nielsen. And join me next month when I am joined by Marquetta Brown with The Nest, who will give us some tips and some strategies to help strengthen families and reduce family stress. Thank you for listening to JCPL's Parenting Toolkit podcast. If you found this information helpful, check out our live monthly workshops. For details and to register, visit our online events calendar at www.jesspublive.org backslash events. This podcast was produced in the Jessamine County Public Library's recording studio.